Welcome to the One Question Podcast, brought to you by Wabi Sabi Studios. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, and I love having unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. It's a huge passion of mine, so much so that I wrote a few books a while back that challenge people's notion on living a life more unconventionally. This entire podcast stems around one question. If there was one topic you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? I would see traumatic things and deal with traumatic incidents and I'd lock it away because that was the thing that we do and I didn't want to impact my relationship. Little did I know that it was impacting it silently for years and impacting me. My guest today is such a beautiful human. You are going to love this conversation. Benjamin, or Benny as he's well known, has dedicated his professional career to assisting the community in times of need. From an ocean lifeguard, underground search and rescue team leader and a firefighter, he has been faced with some of the most challenging circumstances that can be presented to any human. Through injury, Benny not only found the power to take his physical health into his own hands, but the ability to connect with the essence of what it is to be human. With breathwork and cold exposure guiding him, his life broadened from rolling through the motions of everyday living to the expansion of discovering himself as his own man with the power to choose the life that he wants to live. Benny is a certified Wim Hof method instructor and now works full-time delivering workshops based on this method and other practices he has utilised throughout his career and his own journey of personal health and growth. You may recognise Benny from the devastating floods that occurred in the Northern Rivers region of Australia early in 2022. Frustrated by stranded and suffering locals not getting the assistance they needed, Benny took to social media to share what was really going on there and to gain assistance and he made such a massive impact and a huge difference to that community. He's such a giving, caring, loving person, and I have been really looking forward to sitting down to getting to know just a little bit more. Benjamin Berry, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome to the One Question Podcast. Michelle, thank you so much for having me here. You are based currently in the Northern Rivers in a beautiful setting. You look divine there with your uh, all rugged up. It's a bit chilly, but uh, how how special to have you on the podcast here when you're looking just absolutely glowing. Thank you so much. I'm charged up this morning. It's Friday and every Friday I have a little weekly meetup. I get up about 4am to get it all ready and I always say the weekend starts Friday for us because we're all in such a great mood after that. So I'm, I'm charged up and ready to go. Oh, I love that. I have to uh, change my philosophy on that. <laughs> Weekend start on Friday and hopefully go till Tuesdays in my life. So <laughs> let's extend yeah, them constantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Benny, let's get into this. I am very curious about your topic because you've done so many things with your life. But if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Breathing. Right. Let's talk about breathing. I love that. Breathing. Okay. Tell me more. Well, one of the things that I am, um, as we all, we're all many things. And one of the things that I am is a Wim Hof method instructor. And that method is, is the crux of it is two, two main things, breath work and cold exposure. And let's talk about the breathing more in society. Let's just talk about breathing in general. I'll scratch that surface a little more for you. So breathing is 
one of, if not the most primal things that we have about our body. It's, it's everything about life. It gives us life. It is our life. It's an autonomic thing that we do, but we can also influence it and we can fully control it as well. But it gets way deeper than that. It's our portal to ourselves. It's what opens us up to live a conscious life. It's how we connect with ourselves. It opens our mind to ourselves, but it also strips our mind away and allows other things to come up. It's, I could go on and on with what <laughs> it can do for yeah, us. Yeah, and, and people, we take it for granted, right? Like that all the things that you're saying is beautiful when you think about it in depth. But here we just sit here, it happens naturally, and we don't even think about it. That's right. We, depending on what papers you read, we, we breathe 20,000, 23,000, 25,000 times a day. And how many of them do we think about? Not many. And if anyone listening to this today just takes one breath with their eyes closed that they think about, they think about the inhale and they think about the exhale, you have instantly done something to regulate your nervous system, which is incredible. It's an act of one breath doing nothing else and you've gone inward. It's that mm. easy. I read recently about um, you're saying about how many breaths we take a day and actually how you should try and slow your breaths down. So, you know, how many breaths you do a minute. And I don't know what the recommended is, but they were saying like you could actually really. So I started timing myself. <laughs> I was like, I wonder how many breaths I take a minute because I am actually a very slow, deep breather. And I noticed that like with my husband because he's quite shallow and, and fast. So I just kind of noticed as a comparison. But do you know how many you're supposed to do a minute or is it better, you know, to do two or three or like 25 or? So... My professional background is in emergency services, emergency rescue, and we're highly trained in somewhere between first aid and a junior ambulance officer. And so we need to understand the physical body and first aid and treat casualties on scene. And if anyone's done a first aid course in Australia, you would know that we're told the average adult in Australia should breathe between 12 and 20 breaths a minute. Now, if you're breathing 20 breaths a minute and you're considered healthy, you're, you're hyperventilating. Wow. That's an inhale and an exhale every three seconds. You're basically doing the Wim Hof method breathing, which is not how you want to breathe every day. The Wim Hof method breathing is for an acute period of the day, maybe 10, 20 minutes of the day. Other than that, we want to incorporate functional breathing practices and like yourself, we want to slow our breathing down. And optimally for me, I find that that's four to six breaths a minute, really slow. If we're breathing at, at 15 to 20 breaths a minute, our body's in stress and there's nothing we can do about that. That's innate. It's linked between our breath rate and our reptilian brain and our hormonal systems. And we're in stress constantly. So we're breathing stress into each other and ourselves by breathing dysfunctionally like that. Yeah, amazing. Well, I think I got down to about six per minute, so that's pretty good then. That sounds great. Yeah, okay. And it was actually and not laboured. It was actually quite that's sort of my normal breath rate, So, which I think I learned to breathe slower because I'm quite energetic probably when I was an athlete and I want to get into that about the cold method and stuff because, you know, before we go to nationals or we would do any big competition, we had to do uh, hot and cold showers. So the whole kind of cold shower for a minute you know, and I was like 15. So it was a long time ago that my kind of coach had 
introduced us to that kind of cold method. So before we go into that a bit, though, can I step back one level and can you tell me who is Wim Hof for those who've never heard of him or the Wim Hof method method and where that sort of comes from? Because I think it's good for people to understand that. Yeah, Wim's a Dutch man. He's in his 60s now. And in his teens, he just, he didn't discover anything. He just found breath work and cold exposure in his life and it felt great. And he just kept doing it. And what he realized, probably one of the first people to realize and do something about it, is that the Western world needs this because a lot of the Eastern cultures and our ancient cultures around the world, even our own in Australia, our original Aboriginal people, they understand and they just pass it down through ceremony and cultural practice. Breathwork's an ancient thing. Exposing ourselves to the environment is an ancient thing. Wim realized that we need to do something and have data and physical evidence behind it to bring it to the Western world. So that's what he did. He broke a lot of world records because he realized he was great at cold exposure. So he climbed Everest in shorts and boots and got above the death zone with no oxygen. He's run a marathon above the Arctic Circle, didn't drink water, you know, just in shorts, just through his breathing. He's done lots of things. And through that and through his keynote speaking and through his, his big productions around the world, he's pumped a lot of that money into science so that we've now got something to take to the Western world and say, hey, this isn't just woo-woo. There's something to this. Have a read of this study. Amazing. And then people look at it and go, oh, that's something I might actually try now because there's evidence. And so how did you get involved in it, Benny? Why was the intrigue for you to come from your professional career into something so different, really? I'd say before I came across the Wim Hof method about five or six years ago, I, I lived a pretty tunnel vision, sheltered life. I was in my lane and that was it. And I did my best in my lane. I had a back injury, which I rehabbed myself twice and, and came back to health. And then the third time I, I couldn't rehab it. And I went down the path of everything my specialists, my doctors said, all the practitioners that I tried, I had injections into my spine to reduce the inflammation and the pain and, and nothing worked. I ended up having surgery. And unfortunately for me, that surgery wasn't a success. And that's the point where I thought, I've just got to try something different. I've got to take my health into my hands and feel into my body what works. And the Wim Hof method was just one of a tool belt of things that I found. And I stuck with it and I, I got myself out of pain, but not only did I get myself out of pain, it opened me up as a human to the whole of me, to experience who I am and find out what my passions were and where I wanted to take my life rather than my, where my life was going to take me. And so I went into the path of getting into the facilitator training and then moving into delivering it full time. Amazing. And what were the key elements that changed your life predominantly, do you think? Is it the the breathing kind of side of it or the kind of cold therapy part or is it, you know, a combination of all of those things or what were the kind of key things that really had an impact on you, especially, you know, if someone's listening and they've got an injury that potentially, you know, they're thinking, oh, this is interesting. I could try it. For me with my injury, both of them complemented each other really well and they were, they were a part of my practice every day. So I'd try and get cold every day. But during the height of my injury and the inflammation, I was doing the breathing three, four times a day to keep that pain away, to reduce inflammation, slowly tapered that off as I was feeling better and better. But what happened was the breathing specifically, 
if you get deeper into it, you go past, you know, your 10 minutes, your 15 minutes and you keep going, your conscious brain just drifts away. And a conscious brain, especially for me as, as an overanalyzer in my career, analyzing everything and analyzing risk in a split second, it can take over your life. It's an amazing thing, our, our thinking brain. It's, it's why we're the dominant species on earth, but it's also the cause of a lot of mental health issues in our society. And if we have a period of the day where we can strip that away and you don't even have to try, all you have to do is breathe and the chemical reactions that happen do that for you. It's an incredible feeling. And that's where I started to experience, oh, hey, I'm, I'm not just the person who I say I am. I'm not the person who my brain thinks I am. There's a whole heap more to me that comes up in this 20 minute period of the day. And over time I, I sat with that and I found myself in floods of tears for no reason. And I found myself questioning lots of things. And so I got myself out of pain and I could have stopped, but I stayed with it for that opening up as a human and, and what the breath work particularly gave me. Wow. So how, I mean, it's fascinating just listening, you know, to how that had such an impact on you. I mean, I've done a bit of work on like with yoga and kundalini breathing. And obviously like I had a friend of yours, Jack Lewis on the podcast as well previously. And she talked a lot about, you know, deep meditation. How does the breath work that you're talking about, how does that differ to those methods? So you could do any breath work really to get into a state where your conscious mind closes down slightly or leaves your body, depending on how energetic that breath work is, how long you do it for, how deep you sink into it. The thing that, that really attracted me to the Wim Hof method, and it attracts a lot of men to the Wim Hof method, two reasons I feel this, and this is just my personal experience. I'm not a therapist and I'm not a psychologist. I'll put that out there, but it's a physical thing you do. It's a very energetic breath work. So as you're laying or sitting, it feels like a workout while you're doing it. It's quite hard to do it. And for a man in your masculine body, that's a great thing to do. Feel like you're doing a workout, particularly if, if you're in a period of poor mental health, doing something physical is a great thing to do to lift your well-being. So we get that particularly as a male, but from that, and particularly when you add a lot of energy into it. So when you go a little bit harder and you put more energy into it, you get fatigued and you get that tiredness feeling. It feels great. Like you've had a workout or you've gone to the gym, but it opens you up. It, it strips away that conscious brain and allows you to experience feelings and emotions, which that conscious brain almost constantly for us keeps locked away. For me as a firefighter and a lifeguard previously and working a kilometer underground in search and rescue, I would constantly lock all that stuff away. I would see traumatic things and deal with traumatic incidents and I'd lock it away because that was the thing that we do. And I didn't want to impact my relationship. Little did I know that it was impacting it silently for years and impacting me, but that's how our conscious brain switched on. If we can switch that off, we find ourselves experiencing them, processing them, moving through them, being okay with them talking about them, all these beautiful things that we don't let ourselves do. Oh, that's beautiful. What a way to explain it, Benny. That's fascinating. And it kind of lends me to think about some of the stuff that you've been through up there recently as well. And 
you know, you became a bit of an internet sensation, <laughs> as they call it, or a, a Insta sensation overnight, but virtually because of some terrible things that happened in the Northern Rivers with all the flooding and stuff. And you were phenomenal. I mean, I think that that's how I sort of came across you first was literally found you on Instagram and you're doing these live updates in the Northern Rivers about all the flooding and the terrible stuff that was going on in Australia at the time. Can you talk me through like that, you know, I mean, obviously this is all this work you're doing and your releasing of that trauma and different things I think is leading you more into those kind of moments, I guess, of helping others, which you've seemed to have done a lot in your life. You know, you seem to, that's a core kind of theme that seems to go through, but what happened through that time and what compelled you to do all the things that you did to assist so many people through such a traumatic time? Yeah. Thanks for that, Michelle. It's still, it's hard to hear that I'm an Instagram identity. I got on Instagram 28 days before the flood hit because I just wanted to really move into facilitating Wim Hof workshops full time. I hadn't been on social media for years before that. And so I thought I'd just dabble the toe in there. And then 28 days later, the flood hit. And a couple of days after the flood, so I'd been out with my mates for a few days in boats, on foot, getting people out of houses you know, some really hairy rescue situations. That was just autopilot from my career. I, I still don't see that as anything remarkable that, that I did for the guys I was with that had no experience. That's an incredibly remarkable thing that they did. But all I did was put a little video onto my uh, Instagram to, to my 140 followers at the time who were all my, all my mates and all, all your locals. mates. <laughs> yeah, the, the water's moving downstream. So Lismore's hundred Ks or so via river from the river mouth. And that water's moving down to a town called Ballina and Ballina was looking down the barrel of a one in 500 year flood, which would flood the town. And there was just no messaging getting out. So I thought, well, well I'm going to do it. Cause I, this is what I used to do for a living. Mm-hmm. I can see these things happening. I'm analyzing risk. I'm looking ahead. So I put out a message and that kind of went a little bit crazy. Yeah. A lot of things happened from there. You mentioned Jackie Lewis before. I love Jack. That's one of these beautiful people who I've had a lot of contact with, phone calls, never met her, but I just feel like she's a lifelong friend. I love that. And a handful of us became the go-to people for different things. So you were probably looking at, at my stories on Instagram for things that were happening on the ground because I was trying to be on the ground every day. Jackie was a go-to for organizing things, you know, such a great organizer with her background. And she was organizing incredible things for a civilian. There were other people who were coordinating helicopter movements. And so we just found ourselves in these really odd spots. For me, it was very odd having only just come back onto social media to find myself being plastered around the world. Essentially, friends from overseas were sending me links to my video that were on news sites in Israel, and which is still hard to come to terms with. But back to your question, how, how did I, I find myself there? Well, I, I found myself quite prepared with, with my professional career, my skills. I had no issue doing what I did for about a month on the ground. I was fine with that. I was really burnt out, but that's where I suppose my skills with the breath work and the cold exposure came in. I'm really in touch with my body after five years ago, what happened with my back. And since then, my wife and I, we build on the practices that work for us individually. Some, they work for both of us. Some just work for me, some work for her. And so I was able to turn to those practices. I knew what I needed when I needed. I knew if I needed some energetic therapy or some manual therapy, 
or just a chat with someone and I, I seek those out. I had my own practices with the cold and with the breath work and, and I think that's what really sustained me to get through that period. Nah, beautiful. And it's almost a crescendo, isn't it, all this coming together? And I kind of wonder then for those that found you through that, you know, terrible time. And as we talked before coming online, that it's still going on now, like things that haven't changed, things haven't improved, the government have not done what they said they would in terms of support. So, you know, that's really bad. And I think the more awareness that we can have around that, and especially us that live, you know, out of that region, how we can support and help. And, you know, is there anything that people listening can do like right now, to assist in any way to make this stuff better? That's a hard one. Everyone up here has different views on that as well. I'm not directly affected. My house is, is on a hill. I'm extremely lucky. And even myself living in the area, I scratch my head some days and I think, what, what the hell can I do? And the community hubs are slowly, sh- slowly shutting down because they're run by people volunteering their time. And they were the best resource for us just to turn up and say, hey, what, what does this town need? What do you need? Yeah. So it is getting hard. But all, all I would say is that the people that maybe you found online during the flood or you connected with, keep an eye on, on them. So obviously my Instagram is purely facilitation of workshops and you know, traveling around and giving experiences to people. But probably once or twice a week, I, I'm still throwing up information of things that I find a legitimate need in the community. I find a lot of people who were involved in the floods are still doing that. And I know it's only small and there's so much to do here. Other than that, come for a holiday, come and spend your money. People are still reeling up here. Yes, we still don't have the backpacker trade that we used to. That's not from the floods, you know, that's that's still a hangover from COVID. Byron mm-hmm. pretty much lived 50% on locals working, 50% on travellers working. So cafes are slow. Some cafes are shut down, but just come up, be happy, breathe a bit, work through the stress, spend a bit of money and have a good time. And that's going to do a lot of help for our community. Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful sentiment and great for people, you know, real tangible as well as, you know, having a holiday and get to uh, support everyone as well. It, the other side, I think, though, people following you through that time and then now learning about this new method, you know, the Wim Hof method and how they can integrate that sort of stuff in their life or, you know, because there's a website, isn't it? I'll put all this in the show notes in terms of actually following and you give some examples of some testers, I think, for people to try it a little bit before going into a, you know, a full kind of course of stuff. So there's lots of different ways people can test this out, but also to make some small adjustments and even just that notion that we talked about earlier about really consciously slowing your breath down is something that, you know, would make a difference immediately, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So my, my workshops, uh, they're focused on the Wim Hof method, but during the breathwork chat and the physical breathwork that we do, I integrate a few things in there that really helped me in my career dealing with high pressure and high stress environments and, and traumatic experience as well. So a lot of it is deregulating the nervous system, which we do before we get into the Wim Hof method breathing, which is kind of upregulating. It's very energetic. It's a good one to use for stress and anxiety insomnia, bringing yourself back to a place of calm, all those types of things. The breath is the portal to almost everything in life. Yeah, absolutely. I could talk to you all day, Benny, honestly. (laughs) I'm 
conscious that you've got uh, lots of other things to do to kickstart your long weekend. It's just absolute delight to chat to you. Thank you for not only being here today and, and sharing this knowledge and amazing kind of insights for people to learn because it can change their lives as it did yours, but also thank you on behalf of all Australians for everything you did to help the communities all around you through that you know terrible time this year. It's a beautiful thing. So it's so nice for me to be able to say that to you genuinely face-to-face. Thanks, Michelle. And I'm sure this uh, speaks for itself, but I'm just one of many up here, one of thousands who did incredible things during the floods. So I'll take that on behalf of the Northern Rivers and great to connect with you and looking forward to coming down to your beautiful part of the world soon. Yeah, Papami would welcome you with open arms. (laughs) Thanks, Benny. Thanks, Michelle. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that an incredible conversation? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. If you did like it, can I ask a small favour? Please rate and review on your listening platform for me. I know everyone asks this, but it seriously makes a difference to help get these conversations out in the world and makes all the hard work and effort I put into this for you all the more worthwhile. And until next time, if you have one question you'd like to ask me, hit me up on my socials or jump on my website, michellejcox.com.